Open it up. Welcome to the State of Love and Trust here at the LA Forum Pearl Jam May 6, 2022 with Jason and Paul. What a lovely intro from your wife, Paul. Yes, live from the floor at the Forum, the epic, illustrious Forum here in Los Angeles. Uh, you better give Kia their due because it's now the Kia Forum, Paul. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I bought a Kia. My wife owns a Kia. Fantastic. Lo love Kia. Um, yeah, we're here on the floor pre-show. It's 8.30. Band's going to go on probably about 15 minutes. Um, Paul, what are you hoping to hear? I am hoping to hear Black, Nothing Man, Retrograde, uh, God, Alone? You know what I'm hoping to hear? I'm hoping to hear the set list that I put together personally oh. in last week's oh. episode. <laughs> well, you know what? We already kind of heard mine because guess who guessed the last three songs of San Diego? This guy. Woo! Reverse Mama Son. Your boy guessed it. Our wives are walking away from us, so let's walk with them. All right. We're heading into the pit. We're on Stone's side. And, uh... We are very close for just having walked in, Paul. We are. We are literally about 25 feet away from the rail. That Pretty is, impressive. That is correct. We have friends, our friends from Tasmania, who have come all the way here. They are on the rail in front of Jeff, and they got here at 8 o'clock in the morning to wait. That seems a little obsessive, but you know what? That, that's how it goes. Hey, that man deserves the beer. Give him a beer, Jeff. Raise your hand. So uh, we are going to um, drink our beers here, and we'll get back to you after the show in just like two seconds because, you know, editing. <laughs> so we're here. The show just ended. It's 11.15. Jason from Tasmania on the fan forum from Australia. How you doing? I'm doing real good. The, the voice doesn't sound too good, though, does it? No, but the show is great, right? <laughs> You 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 came here in this country without tickets. We had uh, we had I think two sets of tickets and so for, for like two shows, shows worth tickets. Yeah, yeah. And then we sort of came over and the people Jack really always take care of each other and people are coming through and helping us out. And you didn't you you just told me off air that you just got tomorrow's tickets like today. Today, today from a, from a girl who we've been to a heap of shows with Melissa. She's a champion. She's been on a phone all day for us. All day. And she's got them. I might need to go find Melissa to go to Fresno or something because, like, that's right. incredible work out of her. Yeah, oh, she's amazing. But that's that's where you get everywhere you go. You're always, you know, like, every show we come to, we've got so many friends. Always help each other out. Look out for each other. That's what it's all about, man. This is show 58 for you? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Today's 58. My word. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to see you at 59 tomorrow night. I'm going to be here. I'm very excited. Hell yeah. And good to meet you in real life. Yeah, last ah! one. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, night one complete. Paul, thoughts on the show? Epic. Unrivaled. Unrivaled. And unhinged. Mike. Are you kidding me? My lord. Oh, dude, Well, it was you got all your songs. You got Nothing Man. I, I got Nothing Man. I got Black. We got Corduroy tonight. We yep. got Ledbetter after we thought the show was over. We it was alive. over. It, it was over. I know. And he just brought him Done back. Done and dusted. And My it. wife caught a tambourine. She How did. do you top this? We're going to find out tomorrow night. Uh, I'm excited because we heard uh, whoever buckle said. Up. You were very excited about Buckle Up. I was up. not. My wife was. <laughs> big into Buckle Up. Uh, I'm stoked on Faithful. Glad, oh, they, that was glad to hear that. How about Of The Girl opening? I, I know. I love it. Tremendous. One of my favorite openers. One of my favorite openers of all time. 
Always wondered if I'd ever hear it as an opener. Didn't think I would, given how uh, long in the tooth at this point binaural is from today. Yep. Couldn't ask for better. You know, they did Oceans in San Diego, so I, I thought they were going to stick with that. Well, you know what? That means we're getting maybe released tomorrow night. We might. I don't know. Uh, Time to go to bed. Brush your teeth. Do it all again tomorrow. Uh, any last words before we uh, skip ahead of tomorrow? I'm leaving my wallet at home because if I stop by the merch stand <laughs> again tomorrow, I won't be able to afford uh, my mortgage payment next month. Fair enough. See you guys tomorrow night. Welcome to another episode of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast. And one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesti, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Gilleary with his voice back wow. in action tonight. Those were some lovely highlights, were they not? Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have to be honest with you. I'm still floating somewhere <laughs> in the ether. <laughs> Are you floating against the butthole of the middle of the roof? That is the form. <laughs> what an outstanding set that first show was uh the energy was was through the roof um i, I feel like some people um now that now that we're a couple days removed i feel like some people were like you know it was it was good it was okay it was fine. well let's let's um, let's jump into this here let's uh, we, let, i mean let's I, just... I think we were excited because we got the band back but t- you know you heard you heard the pre we were we were looking for certain things mm-hmm. we some of those we got you got Black yeah. man in black as you said and um, I, I think based on, you know, the way Jason spoke about it, um, Jason from Tasmania, uh, we we were very excited to be in the building. Like, he was waiting yeah. since 8 a.m. Uh, I was texting him throughout the day, like, how is the merch line holding up? Because I was driving down to go get the posters early. But yeah, tell me, now that we have a couple of days to stew on it, to let it marinate, how, how did how did night one play out for you? It, it played out probably better than i could have ever imagined i mean would it have been cool to be right up on the rail like jason was yeah it would have but i got to the uh, venue i think 10 or 11 hours later than he did and uh i think i was maybe six feet back from where he was. we were pretty damn close <laughs> we were really absurdly close so i i i i, uh, I can live without um without getting up to the rail i i I'll, i should also add obviously that um you know, I did work that day, so taking off and <laughs> to go stand in line at eight. Yeah, been it's not like we're uh, traveling but, internationally. To no, uh, I mean, look, I, and Jason, you, you, your, your level of commitment is unrivaled, and I salute you, my man. Uh, and speaking of that, I'd love to have those that that whole crew back on again, just because it, it was so cool to meet to meet uh, some of these folks in person after that that wonderful show that we did. Speaking of shows, though, I have to say when I look at this set list. Yeah. Um, of the girl as an opener, I think is fantastic. We both flirted with this as mm-hmm. an opener of our dream sets, right? We yeah. had to, we, we did this about, about a week or two ago. And uh, the fact that we got to hear it, I thought was just fantastic. Um, going into Elderly Woman, just, just what a great way to engage the entire crowd. Just those two songs right there. Like one of them is just such a treat as an opener. It's a gem. It really is. And then you I, get I, that way, song. I checked my stat tracker app. I had never heard the song before. Mm. So I've I've inched up my percentage of binaural being played there in my presence. So there I'm very excited by that. 
you should be. And then, of course, obviously, uh, the Super Blood Wolf Moon, the one mm-hmm. dad punk song that, that Paul is, uh, has great affinity for. And boy, do they ever nail it. So that was that was fantastic. Uh, what show is, is, is complete without quarter right? And then, and then, obviously, Dance of the Clairvoyance. I, I maintain my position that this song live is just an outstanding addition. You hear Matt playing on the album, but when you get to see it live, you get to see him replicate that sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I wish that we had been staged right for that because it would have been really cool to hear uh, Mike just shredding on the guitar for, for, for the verses. For, for Dance of the Clairvoyance. Not that I didn't love being on Stoneside, but it would have been really, really neat, I think, to just kind of hear that guitar just wailing there. It was, um, um, I think, you know, they, they try to keep the the uh, the stereo effect across the board, no matter which side of the of the building you're on. But, you know, because yeah. you're on Stoneside, you are getting some of that natural um, amp volume in your face. So it, it, it feels a little unbalanced if you're it on does. one side or the other. So if we were on Mike's side, we would have heard of him a skosh more. Um, there is, to your point, there is a, a really good argument to be made that, that that dance is a much better song live. Um, the, to watch Matt Cameron play those drums, as you said, and he, he for all you drummers out there, he actually changes what he's striking um, instead of a hi-hat. He has like a digital hi-hat off to the side. Yeah. And so that's why he gets it to sound so much drier um, and more like an electronic kit. Um so he's added to his kit to to adjust for that particular sound, just as Jeff has added that little keyboard guy off to the side yeah. of his rig. So it sounded fantastic. It did. It's a different song for me live, though. I have to admit, there's something about the production on the album that I think makes it the unique composition that it is. And, and I feel that live, it's it, it's not a worse or a better song. It's just a different song. And I can totally understand and respect that. Um but from there, we got a quick escape, which just continues to amaze. And I think much like um, a song like uh, Infallible off Lightning Bolt, this is one that when you hear it live, first of all, gosh, it, without all that, the production, this is a song that I prefer stripped of that production. And mm. I felt like live, we got to hear it in a more of a raw, natural state. It's just such an organically great classic rock style of a, of a song. And it, it really does does measure up well live so that this is one i could easily see myself preferring the live versions and boy did did both of those solos just come that they both brought it stone and mike i mean they were just fantastic i think from there it then and i think we knew by the way that one of these nights at least was going to be very gigaton heavy and it was night one i think there was seven or eight songs from the album played uh that evening uh but from there we went to faithful which hadn't been played First time in 36 shows. Yeah, 2016, man. Yeah, Nuts. yeah. That's very cool. And like I said, I've, I've always been a big fan of that song ever since it came out. Um, I always kind of uh, highlighted that one for me. It's Not For You, always a great live song. And I believe we both noticed an extra little jam in the middle that we hadn't really seen before. Is this correct? Are you remembering correctly? Or am I remembering? Uh, for Not For You, the, the modern girl intro? No, 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 not the modern girl um, tag. Is the um, they kind of jammed out in the middle and let it, let it kind of linger a little bit longer. Yeah, they did. They, they. Um, Which, I think I remarked to you like this is kind of cool. I don't think I've ever heard that for you kind of right, extended a little. Right. Bit. Uh, was this when we had the 
little incident with the folks near us? Was it was it at that point? Oh, night one was yeah. We had some jabronis in front of us who had a little bit. Too oh much. gosh, I, I I'm so I for our good <laughs> listeners, I have to tell this aside. We're there, and this there are a group of people that were just belligerent. One of which was so hammered, the dude could not stand up anymore. I mean, yeah. he was literally saying to the guy in front of him. I, I, I want to sit down. And the, and the guy looked at him and said, just sit down right here, man. I got you. In my head, I'm thinking, how could you be like six or seven places from the rail and yeah. you want to sit down? And it, 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 they were just, it was, it, I, I cannot fathom waiting this long to see a band and then doing that to yourself to the point where they got thrown out. Like security came and escorted them out of the it way. It took them like half and the they, show, they but they finally got a kick. You know what it was? Actually, that's a great segue because... Well, I think it's not that big of a great episode because it's like six songs later. But eventually they got um, removed and Eddie almost stopped the show because he saw it was going down. You get the bootleg, my friends. You will hear him say, do, do, do we need to stop playing? Right. I forget what song it is. Present now. tense. It might have been quarter. Was it present tense? Okay. Yes. I remember thinking God, they, myself, they got, this they is they a got weird sick. song to be getting kicked <laughs> out of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anywho, so Not For You had a really cool intro. Or, I'm sorry, uh, interlude there. Obviously the Modern Girl tag into what my wife really wanted to hear buckle up. so did i i, I did i've heard it so i'm like all right box ticked it, it's i think most pearl jam songs um find their sea legs live and i think buckle up's no exception parachutes um, add to that list yeah there, there's a, there's something about how um there's just a rawness when they when they play it live that that i i i can appreciate what they're doing on a song with buckle up. Whereas in the studio, I feel like, especially with Josh Evans, who was happy to kind of um, oblige their every production whim, if you will, and throw in all the little fun um, filters and and atmosphere and little things that kind of trinkle and trinkles not a word, but it is now, Um, you know, there's just a little, maybe some overproduction. As you point out for quick escape, sometimes there's a little too much production and, Buckle up has never set too well with me. Um, I don't hate it. It just kind of mm, okay. But we heard it, uh, and it sounded lovely enough. And the funny thing is, is, out of that you get even flow. And it was uh, was it this night or was it night two where we got the uh, the little story about about it? People are playing uh, even right flow. I I believe it was this night actually. So <clears throat> if you had gone to the Seattle home show. Uh, home shows. I forget which one it was. That one night two up there. Uh, maybe it was the second night. I forget. Well, either way, one of the two nights, Eddie mentions or re- reiterates the story about who the song was really about. This gentleman yeah. named Eddie, funnily enough. Um, into Never Destination, which you always been kind of like lukewarm on the album version. How do you like it? Live? It just feels long. It, it, I feel like it's really a- still. Yeah, I mean, it, even live, it just felt uh, it's the same repetitive riff over and over and over. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just so are so many other songs. I, I know, but it there just doesn't. It's just it, it, you know, it, it's funny how you you feel like he's cramming too many syllables in a seven o'clock. Yes, it, it, it just feels like he's trying to speed read out loud in Never Destination. He does. I can see how that would be annoying. It, it is. It's just it's it, it's to the point where. It just, it sounds like gibberish at times. Um, well, to your point, he actually forgot many of the lyrics in that song. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> he was, he no, actually, Andy, I don't just, know if this is a your, thing, but he, um, he, he doesn't use a teleprompter like a lot of singers do now. 
I know Hetfield yeah. and Ozzy and tons of tons of guys use prompters now for lyrics um, unashamedly. But uh, Eddie does not. But he does have books and booklets and little you know notebooks. So he does have his um, cheat sheets handy. And he was definitely if you see him at the shows, by the way, wherever you're going, you'll see him kind of like looking down or kind of kneeling down with the mic close in front of his monitors he's reading his lyrics um i mean they have like 200 songs so he's yeah. what are you gonna do but um so as much as i love the song it was a little it kind of sucked a little bit that he had to try and uh, remember some of his lyrics that he just ended up not remembering um where i, th- I think he actually did a very fine job of it at the ohana show when they played it there but anyways mm-hmm. from there we get into down had been played in seven shows um always love down yeah, it's just a great B-side. Fun rocker. Uh, and then you got your song, you got Nothing Man. Oh, God, I was so happy. Nothing Man. <laughs> I, I still wish that Stone would just add, just, just plug it in and and You played the acoustic us, again? I, I know, we did. And and look, I'm not going to complain. It yeah, sounds you like are complaining right now. This I'm is not, the definition of complaining. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm happy I got the song. It's a beautiful rendition. Um uh, but there's just a warmth to the studio version that I've yet to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, we've heard this I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Still gorgeous, gorgeous. You got it. Love it. it. I got it. I'm happy. Um, present tense. Always great. Always oh, great. Even great. even with the, uh, do we have to stop this uh, in the middle of it? And it did not. <laughs> it did not. Uh, from there, whoever said, which I maintain is... Well, I think it's my favorite song on the album. And I think well, it's one well, of the they, best they play sounding it both songs nights. It's funny, the songs from Gigaton, they opted to play twice. It says a lot about what they're trying to promote. I don't think they played Whoever Said Twice. You sure? They played either that or Never Destination twice. I'm almost positive. I'll they look only played... Hold on, let's look it up. Everyone's yelling at us right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they Come did Come on, not. guys, you're just there. So uh, Gigaton songs for night two, and we'll get to this in a little bit. Quick Escape. Mm-hmm. Take the Long Way. Seven O'Clock. That's it. I stand corrected. So I don't know why Paul owes me a cookie. We'll get to night two. Yeah, um, so what are, whoever said, I love that song. I think it sounds fantastic live. There's a bite to it. There's a rawness. There's an aggression to it. Um, I think it might be the, the best live song from the album. I think you're probably going to say quick escape is, but you know, one, a one B really. Would you mm-hmm. agree? I, uh, yeah, no, for without question. I think that, uh, you disagree with me no i don't know it uh... <laughs> well they tagged uh can't get no satisfaction in the middle of it which is pretty cool to kind yeah. of weave that in that was fun it is look I, I i love porch porch is the quintessential live pearl jam oh and it has been i think since even before mtv employed but uh, i think it's um it's annoying that they keep closing with it I and mean, they close with it both nights i thought for sure we get rvm night too instead of that I, we got yeah, I mean, if, if, look <laughs> not I that it wasn't a awesome because it was but it, it was yeah but i i do f- it would have been nice if we had a different set closer for the main yeah on a second night but i think that uh you know they they wanted to play this song to la and they probably figured you know if anybody didn't hear it last night and they're mm-hmm. here tonight then let's let's give them it you know and same with alive which we'll get to in a little bit um they took a break they came out again um did our namesake state of love and trust and yes i love that as you uh will hear soon enough um a lovely story about what happened 
uh, in that song and then later in Alive. And I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. going to let I'm going to let um, that speak for itself uh, when we get there. So I'm going to skip past it for a little teaser. Um, but of course, a lovely rendition. The only thing that was weird is that Eddie kind of disappeared for about a minute and a half. And again, yeah, I'll, he couldn't. He said he wanted to change his shirt. He said that earlier. The main, yeah, 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 after the main out, set, he's like, I tried to change Something happened where he couldn't change his shirt. I don't know if they could find know. him. So then <laughs> in the middle so of State weird. of Love, he was clearly aggravated. And mm-hmm. he decided that I got to change his fucking He shirt. couldn't get it off, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did two-thirds of the song. And we get, we're basically almost to the last chorus. Well, you and get that moment where he goes, hey, na 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 land. We never heard it because like right around then. He just took he off. leaves and, and the band is just all right. I just, we're just okay. We're, we're going to play an extended outro of the song that we've never done before. So, in theory, we got to hear a version of a song that we probably heard. will never hear again. Yeah, what's also interesting about that is you know what I did? I just turned lemons into lemonade, my good man. Very good. Go get yourself a nice little, nice little uh, fruit stand <laughs> in front of your in front of your house. Um, yes. no, the well, <laughs> so. Mike does an impromptu solo and which, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be mad at that. More Mike is always good. But the thing with that song is that the riff that you, that he was soloing over in the main riff is literally two chords. So when you have to repeat that for 60 to 90 seconds, it gets kind of boring. And, you know, for a song like alive, it's a four chord pattern. That's a two minute outro solo that doesn't feel as redundant or as um simplistic there's a little bit more right. twice as more there so right. like you could see mike kind of trying to like you'd be soloing and like looking back over his shoulder like where the hell is this guy i'm running out of out of licks here <laughs> it was a little strange but he finally I, I came was. back, it was. He finally came back. Yeah. um then we got the the obligatory song to the back of the room mm-hmm. the wish list um which is great, by the way. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful that, that not every band thinks to do that. I think it's pretty cool, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Does. Into uh, do the evolution when you're not, when you're not going to have fun with evolution, and absolutely then, uh, we keep things up Crowd for the rest favorite. of the show. I think we got that two nights, didn't we? We did, we, we did. did. Um, from there into your favorite song, Black, and then oh, Alive, and then Mike's Alive. solo. Just it's, it's it's like a living tragedy. It's up. Where would you? Shakespeare rank? would be proud. <laughs> Where would you rank this black of all the blacks that you've seen? Oh God, that's, I don't even know how to answer that question. I, every one of them is just arresting and you, it's just like euphoria. It just transports me somewhere. New. I, it, it Obviously, it does Mike as well. You just look at him, eyes closed, just glancing up to the heavens. He was in a different world. He is. Earth. He literally just becomes someone else. By the way, I noticed this. Um, the very, very end of that, uh, Eddie went back and did his we belong together thing that that's you know such an old beloved tag but then he did this little improv thing good here bad there good here bad there it was almost showing the the but the scales and then they started changing where the bad outweighed the good it was it was really really it was melodic too it was and i actually when i i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it when he did that i was like See, this is what people started complaining about in the last 10, 15 years where the tags became very repetitive and predictable. And in the, in the first decade of the band's career, those tags could be fucking anything. Oh, you yeah. never knew what you're going to get. And so for me, it was like, oh, wow. I don't know that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not even have listened to enough shows, but I don't know that he's done that before. And so it felt very unique to me. Yeah. And I appreciated that for a song that I've heard 20 times, whatever it is. 
it's just amazing to have just even just at the end, just a tiny little bit of uniqueness and to be present for it. So I hope you guys, if you hear black on this tour, um, get something that's unique to your version. Um, from there though, of course you got to go into a live and, uh, you know, it's, it's, we've said it before, it's the show closer. I don't care about Led Better being the show closer. It's the show closer. You know, the show's over when Keely hits the lights and we're, we're rocking out with the haze, haze, haze. Um, there was a bit of, uh, some, some tambourine tossing and yeah. something may have uh, happened. Yeah, I, we'll let, he, let your he, wife talk about in a little bit on the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, really fun version as it always is. And then how about the show essentially being over, bowing, and then Mikey giving Ed that looked like, is it is it over though? Are you sure it's over? All right, come back on out. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> like, dude, Matt, Matt, and maybe Jeff, but Matt and Stone for sure did not play Blood Better with their in-ear monitors in. They just played it like I know, just because it, it wasn't planned, man. I know it, uh, or if it was, they did a hell of a job of, yeah. of feigning that it wasn't. But uh, it, what's interesting was seven o'clock was on the set list, Jason. Mm-hmm. But it was not played. And I don't know why. I don't know why Eddie, he ended up telling us story, the right? story of the song without actually playing the song. And I don't know if, if, if they just decided it was, they were, the show was getting long in the tooth. He looked like he hurt his, he strained his back at one point. Oh, really? I don't know if that, if he was messing around. I, I, well, it, I mean, he was doing his, I don't know. his leaning back thing, holding onto the microphone a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. He's not it's, a spring it's, chicken it's, anymore. No, he's not. Um, well, you know what? It was it was a very fine show. We we got our fill. Um, there wasn't a person we spoke to uh, early before the show started that I wanted to kind of spotlight. This gentleman named Mike um, from St. George, Utah, and his wife Taryn, and they. Um, well, M- Mike noticed my wife and my well all of our shirt, but he noticed me wearing it. And you hadn't. I think maybe you were getting a beer, or you hadn't come up yet. He's like, "Hey, man, I was getting the merchandise. I love the show. What were, you, what were you doing?" I was getting the merchandise. That's right. You were. And uh, I'm like, hey, well, how's it going? Nice to meet you, man. So we got to talking. And uh, then you guys showed back up and we all started talking, hanging out. And, um, well, we had this little interview with Mike from St. George. So we're here. We're live at the Forum pre-show, 7.56 p.m. We're here with Mike from Utah. Yeah, Mormon land. <laughs> what number of show is this for you? Uh, this is number 15 for me. Outstanding. So. My first show was in 98 in um, Park City, Utah. My first show was in 98 in Hartford. Paul, yours? Uh, I don't remember. Lies. 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 First show was Binaural Tour, Halloween Nights at the Shoreline. Ooh. So you flew down or you dro- drive down? We flew actually down. flew because it's actually cheaper to fly right now, even though it's only about five hour, five and a half hour drive. Are you in St. George? Yeah. You've heard of St. George, right Beautiful. on. Yeah, so you're coming down Zion. for this show, and are you here for tomorrow night, too? We're here for tomorrow, yeah, and then we'll catch Vegas in two weeks. So you're going to fly back down to Vegas for that one? No, that, Vegas is an hour and a half drive. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, that one's easy. Mike, what? through the cloud, you're going to feed the algorithm. How many stars are we getting today from you? Fucking five stars, baby, all day. Outstanding. <laughs> if you had, okay, Mike, this is the most serious question. If you had to hear one song tonight, what would it be? She was asking me that. Um, I'd love to hear Indifference tonight. Good call. Bold choice. Mike, enjoy the show tonight, and we'll see you out there maybe tomorrow night as well. Appreciate it, Jason. Hi, man. How about that? 
Hey, thanks for feeding that algorithm. I know, Mike. Thanks for I those, really uh, appreciate those it, fucking five stars. Not just five stars, but fucking five stars. Uh, and so while we were doing that, while we were talking to, talking to Mike, your wife, Tara, was talking to uh, Mike's wife, Taryn, and related a very interesting uh, story. Check this out. Here we are, Pearl Jam, May 6th, 2022, and I'm speaking with Taryn White. Taryn. Taryn was telling me how her husband is such a huge Pearl Jam fan that he actually bought the dolls at Ohana Fest and did what? He set them up, bought a little drum set and, you know, put the Pearl Jam and everything on the drum set in Sharpie. I set it up. I was like, I think these were supposed to be collector's items that you were not supposed to touch, but it's fine. He's never getting rid of them. So, so they're basically Barbie dolls for adults. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Barbie dolls for men. Grown men. Grown men. I have a four-year-old who loves Barbie dolls, and he did try to go for those. And not allowed. Not allowed. No, definitely not allowed. Well, have fun tonight. Thank you. You too. If you bought Funko Pop uh, action figures, I don't know what you call them, dolls, (laughs) would you uh, create a little stage for them, or would you just keep them in the packaging? I, I don't know. Man. I, and I, 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 how hard would it be for your kids to not play with them? It would be a challenge, I think. I mean, they're they're bizarre looking things. Those uh, <laughs> those dolls, man. I, I I I don't know. You could you could put them to work. You'd be like, all right, Daddy needs you to fashion him a little drum set out of clay. <laughs> Arts and crafts time, kids. Exactly. So that was night one. Uh, thanks to Mike, Taryn, and Jason, uh, the talk uh, for talking with us um, around the show. And I know that as we're recording this, it's uh, Monday evening, so he's in the middle of a uh, of a Phoenix, Arizona set list right now, which we're not going to look oh, at. Oh boy, we're not going to uh, look at it while we're recording because you won't care as you're listening to this because it'll be Tuesday or later. Um, let's get into night two then. Here is a little taste from. Saturday. So, Jason, what was your favorite part of last night's concert? My favorite part might have been watching you catch a tambourine. No shit, really. That was pretty cool. I mean, seeing of the girl open was pretty dope because yeah. I'd never heard that song before. I don't think so. That was definitely a highlight. But honestly, especially watching the video back, they acknowledge Eddie acknowledged our shirts early in Save Love and Trust. That was rad. And then later on, he, during a live, he paid it off by tossing you the tambourine, putting the coda on a lovely night. So I'm going to say that. Paul, what was your favorite part of last night? The tambourine was pretty epic. Of the Girl is an opener, really tough to beat. Mike Solo in black, oh, hearing nothing, man. Being next to Stone when it comes on. Oh, man, that was outstanding, too. Um, those, those are definitely highlights for me right now. Andrea, what about for you? Do you have any particular favorite? Um, my favorite moment from last night was just being as close as we were. Getting to see it. I've never seen a show that close up front. It was amazing. I have to say my favorite part, aside from catching the tambourine, which was pretty fucking epic because, <laughs> can I say fucking on the show? Um, it was pretty fucking epic because I actually made eye contact with Eddie. Like, I knew he was throwing it to me, and thank God I didn't fucking drop it. That would have been bad. That would have been sucked. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part, I think, was like watching Eddie try to put on a shirt. Yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. 
He couldn't get it on. He was so fucking sweaty, he couldn't get a like, shirt on. It was like a 90-second uh, interlude where Mike was forced to play a solo and instead of trust it isn't there so that Eddie could put on a new goddamn shirt. And he fought. He fought the whole way. He was fighting a shirt. What song do you want to hear most tonight? What song do I want to hear most tonight? Oh, boy. From from Gigaton, I I would love to hear It's All Right or Take the Long Way because I don't know if I'll, I'll get a chance to hear those again. It's a kind of uh, off-the-beaten-path tracks I have a feeling in the future. From any other album, I would love to hear Around the Bend, Off No Code. That'd be a beautiful little ballad. And uh, if not that, WMA from uh, Versus. We'd love to hear one of those two tonight. Jason, of all the songs that you'd like to hear from Gigaton tonight, and of all the songs in general, what would you like to hear tonight? song you want to hear? From Gigaton Comes Then Goes. Easy. It's the only one I haven't seen. Uh, from the entire catalog? Breath. Oh, I God. know you. Breath. No, no, because I've seen Breath, and that's awesome, but I, I want, I want to get, take, a, take a box. So I kind of want to do something like... I went with like, WMA? Yeah. Or Around the Bend? Either one of those would be amazing. Um, i love to hear Rival. I haven't heard that oh, before. Oh, good call. I love that. In Hiding could be great. Yeah, I think one of those two. Okay. All right. First set complete, night two, Paul. It's in the books. We got some gems tonight. Glorified G came out of the woodworks. Oh, my God, and it crushed. Oh, did they ever. Mike McCready has been blistering tonight. What was it? The solo from uh, Quick Escape, he crushed. And he followed that up with three tracks from Yield, if I'm not mistaken. We had three in a row. Three in a row. Low light, given the fly, and evolution. Not in that order. Not in that order, but still, absolutely epic. My word. I, I, I have to say though, immortality. What a treat. I love that fucking song. Monument manners, Lucan. They opened Russell with again. my and, favorite. And we had, we had little, Release. We had a little little Matt Cameron on the microphone tonight. Oh, and a lovely tribute to Taylor Hawkins, uh, playing one of his songs. Um, Matt Cameron on vocals. One of the, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I'll fix it in post. Friend of us playing on drums. And, and, and a personal favorite of Jason Carapassi, Garden. Oh, and Garden absolutely murdered. Uh, we're, we're waiting the encore. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully the first of at least two. Well, let's see how it goes. Glorified G was amazing. And they played it very well, and Jeremy was as good as I've seen it in a long time. Paul, favorite song of the night? Crap, that performance of Jeremy, definitely by far the best I've heard live. But I really enjoyed Immortality tonight as well. Very much enjoyed that one. It's hard to pick just one, but I I really, Take the Long Way, I think, was, was that, that was one I was hoping I'd hear. Very happy with that, too. Oh, man. You can hear the strain in my voice. Of- well, how drunk did I sound? Because <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we managed to get on the floor again, Paul. And uh, we were so excited that we um, maybe had a couple extra beverages before we went into the building. And you could tell from my voice, because I sounded a couple of sheets. 
away from the wind. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I have to say it. Uh, it, uh, it it's not common that Paul's up until one o'clock in the morning, a couple nights in a row these days. I know, so. <laughs> I know. All you parents out there, you know that it, this. It's, you're you're probably like starting to creak creaking the bed a little bit deeper and under the covers and the eyes are getting heavy. It's like, what is that? What is that? 947. Yeah, no, we were up late. Um, parents not out. Uh, thanks. By the way, thank you to the babysitters in both households. Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> That's a great shout out. That is yeah. to all babysitters. Out there. All babysitters out there. Good, good for you. Thank you. Um, no WA, Paul. I'm sorry. And I, you know, we didn't get around the bend either, which, you know, what are you going to do? No, that's okay though. Cause I got to take the long way. Uh, which, which, which is great. Is- Oh God, it sounds so good live. And you know what's cool? Josh Klinghoffer does a very lovely Jessica Grundahl impression on the you know what? Yeah, it, you know, it, she's outstanding, but she's not as prominent as I thought she would be when I read that they had, it was the first time they had a, a female vocalist guesting right. on, on, a, on a song. Um, so I, I think you can replicate that vibe really with anyone just singing the backing. Uh, that said though, Again, it's a song that you, you can just see the band. They have fun playing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I really do hope, though, that it gets more play than uh, than I expect it to. Maybe be. more it's of a staple. Underrated kind of from. Yeah, and you're that, right. That, and you said it best when we reviewed the album. Mike's solo at the end of that song is just high-level grade-A stuff right there. So quickly through the uh, set list here. Finally got released as an opener. Everybody mm-hmm. was kind of guessing it for the first two shows. Didn't get it. It came out night three. Uh, or you know, I guess tour stop number three, LA Night Two. We get our yield trifecta. Yield trifecta. Given the fly evolution with low light. light too. Good to hear that one again. Yeah, I loved it. Um, quick. You know what's cool about that, by the way? Good. Yeah. We we had a, and you'll play this later, but we had we had a special guest in the mm. audience, friend of Jeff Jeff Amons, and um, I think low light might have come out of the woodwork for him. Oh, so then we got quick escape. Take the long way. Um, even flow again. Maybe this was the night that he talked about um, the homeless man Eddie again. Uh, again, if Mike doing his thing as he always does. Mm-hmm. They finally bring seven o'clock out. Um, By was... the way, have... good. It's you don't get the, the those heavy synth. I think live it is a far superior song. Far and especially like where we were stage left, where you're hearing you're hearing Stone so much on it. I I don't like the extra effects on the studio. We're talking I'm, about I'm the, not a long way or quick escape. No, for quick, uh, for um, seven o'clock. Oh, I'm sorry, seven o'clock. Woo, yeah, for seven o'clock. My head. I really feel that that is a song that that played live. Uh, again, just less effects, the better. Same with quick escape. It, Whereas stronger. a song like Dance of the Clairvoyance, yeah. I actually prefer more of that. But I'm I'm with you again. Not my favorite song from the album, but uh, definitely enhanced in the live experience. Um, some big uh, ringing guitars. Uh, kind of overshadow whatever synths Josh is playing. So if you're like us, uh, you will appreciate that uh, when, when you see it on this tour, if you do, if you want to. Um, from there, we got uh, Immortality. It was great, as it always is. Uh, some of these songs, by the way, um, we took some video. We posted it on our Instagram. This is one of those tracks. So if you want to see and set and hear what Immortality sounded like, LA Night 2, head to our Instagram um and then we got the cover uh cold and the sun uh matt cameron came out uh on and play guitar and sang chad smith as you mentioned uh joined josh and eddie in the the little back riser to do a little backing vocal stuff 
and again, I can't remember the gentleman's name. I'm not going to fix it in post because I, I can't be bothered to look it up. I apologize to you, sir. Um, but uh, filled in on drums admirably. And it was a lovely uh, cover and uh, tribute to Taylor. Um, it, yeah, it just was. It was very nice. It was beautiful. And, and I have to say, I had never seen Matt Cameron front center with a guitar in his hands singing a song like not that bad. before. Uh, he has a really kind of like cool like 50s rockabilly presence going on about mm. him. Did you get that vibe? It's the hair. Maybe, but this the way he just stands <laughs> up there. I, I don't know. It, it's I, I could tell the band actually had a lot of fun watching. They really adore him. Well, Every he, they they absolutely adore him and, and you can see why. He's um since he's come into the band, he's done a, such a great job with backing vocals, especially higher vocals, higher harmonies that that allows uh, Eddie to kind of sing lower the lower frame there. So yeah, we're talking, we, we want to have a Matt Cameron appreciation there. We can do that right now. Uh, but then we had daughter and it was a short daughter. And it's actually, uh, if you see the set list picture it actually says short ending, I think it was intentional so they could fit in another song. And you know what? I'm glad they did because daughter is great and the tags are fun. But like I said earlier in regards to, um, what was oh, yeah, the, the, predictability the, exactly it what it they, they kind of cut that out they said we give you we gave you the taste let's move on and give you something else because we have limited time here and they did they moved on to unthought known which they claimed was on the the story by the way the story goes that um and eddie took a piece of paper from security and said that the pit the people that were on the rail there had written down a bunch of songs that they wanted to hear apparently in the preset he gave the paper to them and said, write down some songs you want to hear. So he basically was the impetus for that is the story. He picks the paper up and says, okay, let's, we're going to play some of these songs here. They play on thought known. Apparently it was already on the set list. So like, hmm, come on, Ed, lovely producing for you there. Uh, nevertheless, it, it's LA. How do you not go with WMA? We totally predicted that that would be the song. And they didn't have been going on. I know. Everything recent- going on, they didn't do it. It was kind of frustrating. Well, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Unthought Known might have been my favorite version I've heard of that song a lot. It was, it, it was lovely. Cool, man. Yeah. Very, and very it's cool. one of my favorite songs off that album. So I really enjoyed I agree. Hearing, I agree. hearing some backspace with that. From there, for the first time in 27 shows, Glorified G, and I was beside myself, Ball. I think yeah, I was shaking you your arm. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I love that song. I hadn't heard it since West Palm Beach 03. Wow. It might have been the only other time I've ever heard it. it you know, and when it comes to verses, it's probably one of the lower tracks, but I always had this affinity for it and I really, really enjoy it. So I'm glad they played that. And then from that straight into Lucan, woo! I mean, come on, the energy. Speaking is of that, I, 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 my wife started hopping up and down. I said, you cannot stop hopping up and down until the end of the song. <laughs> and she, she looked at me like, are you kidding? And I said, it's Eight only a minute and a half. You, we can, we can do this together. I will do it together. And did we did really? it. We managed to hop up and <laughs> through all of Luca. And uh, yeah, you, you were she like collapsed you. in my was arms. I, was I hopping up and down? I, I don't know what you were doing. Uh, yeah, you probably were for a stretch. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, from Lucan, we got the only cover to date, well, through LA Night 2 of uh, the tour with I Believe in Miracles, the rockin' version. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it was fun. I could, listen. I could I could use no covers, but yeah, I, I, I like the fact that we only had one in two nights. I think we I, should be I, grateful. 
Not that I, they, they do a great job with covers, but I just, I love their original music. Give me as much of that as I can get. Well, speaking of original music, we got a Jason favorite, as you just heard in, on the, oh, the yeah. pre-record, the recording from earlier from the night, um, Garden. I adore this song so much. It's my most underrated song on 10, and eventually we will do most underrated of all time, and it'll probably be on that list, because it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts from you on Garden? Just great. I love how they just went right into it. You know, I remember back in, uh, I think it was 06 or maybe 08. 06, right. Uh, 06, they had that 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 heavy guitar intro. Um, it was all rearranged intro. and stuff. Yeah, it was all rearranged and stuff, which I thought was cool for, for a stretch. But uh, I like how they just kind of came right into it. And uh, it, it, I don't recall hearing it played in a long time. I'd have to go back to my own stuff. I think it was 06. And by the way... They played it night two in 2006 at the forum. Look at so that. Like, for, for me, I, I, on, mon- on, on Saturday, I wanted to regale myself. And so I put on, uh, I know maybe it was Friday, because I wanted to play the last time that they were in the forum in my car. I was yeah. driving around and they got to that song. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad we heard yeah, the cool. regular version. Uh, and then from there, kept things high with Mind Your Manners and Porch. Mm-hmm. Great way to end a sizzling first set, I would, I would think. Agreed. And then we knew this was coming out of the encore. Better man with save it for later tag. Your standard fare. You knew it was coming because they didn't play it night yep. one. And then from there, this was the uh, play to the okay. back song. Yep. Play to the back. Elderly woman. So repeated both nights. Actually played all three stops so far on the tour uh, through LA. And uh, by the way, you'll notice we did the video for that one. That video, that song is partially on our Instagram as well in video form. And you'll see, if you look up into the right, and I zoomed in on it, there was a fantastic black circle insider's flag. So some of yep. our Brazilian friends uh, made the trek up here. They were in San Diego, and they were in uh, L.A. So hello, black circle fans. Uh, we see you. Uh, and we sent we that vi- video and picture to Chris Palumbo. Palumbo and Gabriel and Nick, Lenny, Luis. So hope those guys are doing good down there in, in, in Rio. Uh, from there, maybe the highlight of the night, maybe the highlight of the of the, of the weekend, Jeremy. It sure was. I have to say, I, th- this version was at, when Jeff brought out the twelve string, and the spotlight shone down on him. It, it was it was epic, man. It, it it was definitely one of those. I don't want to say it was jaw dropping, but it was one of those. It, it's surprising. It's one of those songs that you would think would get played more often than it does. Um, I'm just going to point this out really quickly. Okay. If you go through Pearl Jam's iTunes, I'm going to read you the most popular songs based on sales. Just breathe, which we didn't hear. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, black, better man, let better. Uh, strangely, love rain over me. Uh, even flow, Jeremy alive. Last kiss still up there. Uh, sirens somehow. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's, what, what's up with the, uh, the ballads these days, but I can't help but think that we're starting to see some, I don't want to say acknowledgement, but there seems to be a little bit of uh, awareness as to what it is. Maybe kind of the broader fan base may want to hear to some Mm -hmm. degree and a delicate balance with, with some of the the songs that they know the deep cuts that that fans are going to love like glorified G and down and um, 
you know, even unthought known songs like that. So I think they're, they're, they're just on their A game with the tour. I'm so happy they're back and I'm excited to see what the rest of the tour holds. I think it's, um, I think it's possible that they just haven't played in a long time because it's hard to sing at the end. And the fact that they sang it fourth to last uh, yeah. on night two of two nights in a row, and they managed to pull off something that, you know, we've, I've heard the song. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard the song a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And to have it hit a little bit different this far into the into the um, existence of the band is, is something. So well, uh, it's also night two or three of the tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if if we get fifteen shows in, we'll see if they're. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We'll see. But when you guys get the boot, look look forward to this one. I think from yeah. there into leash. Um, little surprise they played it. Happy they played it. Love it. Um, oh, yeah. I think they did a really nice job with it. There's some some versions lately where it felt like they were definitely tired and they, they kind of like lost their way in the outro. This didn't yeah. feel the way it felt like they were at the beginning of a tour where they had been rehearsing and it was um, fresh in their minds enough where it came off really, really well. So I was happy for that. Um, and then alive again, as you do but the key here was the last song of the night, which I didn't expect. And that's thought it'd be river cross because that thing was sitting up there both it nights. Was sitting up there both sit nights. At it. And apparently it was on the set list, but it wasn't played night two. I don't know why. Instead, we got something else. We got a difference. And um, love that song. And uh, it was fantastic. Uh, former NBA player Larry Kristoviak um, was a gentleman that we just happened to walk into when we walked into on the, the floor. floor uh, before we were trying uh, to find a, a good spot to see the show. And your wife very astutely observed that uh, we're not standing behind this guy. <laughs> and then your wife approached and, him and said, here's the thing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Can I start recording you? And he was gracious enough. Um, he, I think he coaches the Utah Utes basketball team now. But he is a friend of Jeff Mentz from back in the old Montana days. Um, and so we got to talking to him. And uh, here's what Larry had to say. These guys do a, a podcast, yep. Day of Love and Trust. So I love her question. Yeah. What it's it... like to be so tall? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. Well, it, a lot of the time it's super cool because you obviously have a great view, but I, I'm pretty self-conscious of it. So I, I last night I stood over on the side because How tall you go are to like you? Broadway or something and you sit, you're, the person that's behind you, it's like, I'm 6'10". 610. So you, you can a really, large breed dog. You can really see their sneakers up there, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I can tell it's a Nike. Yeah, Got yeah. It. Okay. I, I check it all out. <laughs> How cool. many Pearl Jam concerts have you been to? Uh, you know what? I'd be lying if I knew exactly, but probably in the vicinity of uh, 40 first. or 50. 40 oh. or 50? What, yeah. what is your name, sir? Larry. Larry. Christoviak, yeah. Christoviak has been to... 40 or 50 shows. Yeah. We got uh, we've got some friends in Tasmania that would love to meet you. Uh, oh, he's up there somewhere. Jason's up there somewhere. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I I went to uh, college and grew up in basketball in Montana and Jeff Amen, oh, yeah, yeah, the bass player. Right. Oh, yeah. So Jeff's been a master hookup for tickets whenever nice. we want to go. So. so you know him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Where have you traveled to see the band? Where? Yes. How far away? Oh, well, I was going to go to Europe last, uh, last the COVID uh, yeah. tour, but that got 
wrecked. So uh, farthest I've never been out of the U.S. to see them. Is it a goal? Is it a goal for us? I would love to see them. I mean, well, I, I'm dying to go. I'm from my family's from Poland, so I want to go to Krakow for oh, sure. Nice. What about, that was on. What about Katowice? Yeah, oh yeah, that'd be cool too. Oh, Paris. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's a completely different vibe, probably, from what I understand when you're in Europe. I was just telling overseas. my wife yesterday after the show that we, one day we gotta, gotta pick one city randomly out in Europe and just go to it. Just experience that different vibe. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about Europe versus Europe, even South America. Yeah, right. Even, even Asia. I, I think South America's. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff was saying that's one of the band's favorite places, and it's, they're blown away when they sing songs, and they're not always like the most recognizable songs. And in they English, look, when in English, and they look out in the audience, and everybody's singing them like word for word. Yeah. Then they know that they're in a place that's familiar with their music. If you had to pick one song tonight you want to hear, what is it? Uh, I want to hear "Just Breathe." Yeah. Me too. I was in San Diego. I was Sorry. here. I haven't heard it yet. So. Well, Do you know thank- why? That was our wedding song. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know what? It. Uh, I believe it was Wrigley Field. It was the coolest thing. Eddie called a, a, a return serviceman that came back from Afghanistan. Said, please come to the front of the stage. And so he made his way down there, and it was a surprise. His girlfriend. So they both reached out to the band and said, we're going to the concert. He wanted to propose, and she wanted to honor him for coming back from his service. So they let them pick a song, and Eddie and Jeff sat up there, and they brought him up and put him in a chair, and he got down on one knee and proposed, and then they sang that song. It was the coolest. So that's probably my favorite Pearl Jam. 2013? Uh, 18, right? 18. 18. Yeah. Wow. Well, have a good show, Larry. Thanks for well. talking to us. Yeah, yeah. And, Cheers. Uh, enjoy the view. Rock on. Yeah, well, I'm going to move <laughs> off to the side again. Okay. <laughs> a, a wonderful second night um, and a wonderful weekend. We were waiting two and a half, no, a little over two years for this. And I know many of you have are waiting as long. You know, the, the kids out there in Phoenix right now are enjoying themselves. So um, wherever you're going, look forward to a good time because it's going to be. <laughs> Uh, and I hope we hope you enjoy this uh, different kind of episode with um, with these live hits from the venue, and then sprinkled in with uh, our analysis forty eight hours later. So, you know, maybe we'll try and do more of these things. But first, we've got to get to a, a classic segment, Paul, and that is lyric of the week. All right, Paul, lyric of the week. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go to one of the few songs we have not done off of Versus, and that is Animal. Okay, Animal. Obviously not a lot to go on here, but maybe that says something in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, just 
the opening of this song, the one, two, three, four, five against one, I, I think it, it, it very much set the tone for what would be a, a departure for Pearl Jam in their career from whatever trajectory they had been on with 10. Mm-hmm. So I think that in, on some levels, this song is, um, it was an, an a announcement of an arrival. Interestingly enough, for a band that I think by all accounts, the rest of the globe would argue had already arrived. Hmm. Uh, but it, it was done in a way that felt like it was on their, their terms. Um, it's, it, it's, this song's always been tricky because it, I've always enjoyed the dichotomy between a song like this and Nine Inch Nails is Closer, which we're not going to get into on this, this podcast, obviously. <laughs> but, hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> It's it's a very very popular song. Obviously, greatest hits, made it on the upside, uh, peaked at number twenty one on the Billboard rock charts back in the day. And I've always felt that Weird A, which is what it was called on the uh, the original demo that Stone started passing around to Andy back in ninety, that uh, it it's it's a song that just punches you in the mouth. It, it really really does. And uh, it's still a fun song for them to play. It's a song that, that they, still, they still nail even today. And I, you feel like when you're listening to it that the song seems to be communicating, based on the, the intro, the opening, that it's, it's very much a song about it's not for you as a prequel, right? It's the band basically mm. saying to, to the record industry, uh, you know, I'd rather be with an animal than, than, than be with you. Um, and that, that might be the same, but Eddie did say in an interview way back in, in 93 on Melody Maker, he said, I don't want to talk about who the anger is directed at. It's, it's not so much personal. It's just some person at the record company said the other day that they wanted the vocals turned up. He wanted people to understand exactly what I was singing. So I told him it was a, what it was about. And he said, you're right. Let's leave the vocals as they are. Maybe we don't really want people to understand it. It's like <laughs> uh, a little nebulous there, but then um, you know you, you you think about the the, uh, the the title of verses, which was originally five against one as well, mm-hmm. which is the opening of, of the song to boot. And I, I, I there's so much about compromise in this album because verses is so confrontational, and it's it's them at this time feeling like it's it's them against the world it's them against everybody else and you you really see the expression of the band and who they wanted to be and how they wanted to define themselves especially the complete departure from the reverb sound of 10 it, it was a very very different album um it, it sounded like who they wanted to be alive it really did and um the song seemed to me to communicate the feeling that people have when they, when they're struggling to find a compromise, which, which, which makes me think a lot about the state of, of America today, where, where compromise seems virtually impossible given the, the divide between uh, stances and positions where you, to hold a position that's different than yours is bordering on vilifying. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I've always felt that this song, I, I like the fact that there's a little bit of ambiguity to it. Um, and, and I think that, uh, it, it, it's the kind of song that represents the frustration and helplessness and anger that 
somehow merges together into this indescribable intensity when you feel like you're not being heard and you can't get through to somebody and you stop seeing the humanity in that person. And, and, you know, that we're reduced to our basis of instincts. So that's my take. I think that the, the, the last part there is probably the closest um, to how I view this song in, in this set of lyrics, because as, as vague and I'm going to use this term um, very loosely, generic um, lyrics sounding or lyrics being, I actually think it's simple and concise and direct for a reason. Um, and that's if you have a lizard brain like me and think of it as this particular kind of relationship. And I think it's simple and effective lyrics for a simple and effective song. And you've argued before that it's the most essential song from verses. Um, and you kind of restated that more or less here, but how powerful are these lyrics, even in their simplicity? Like, why would you want to hurt me? Isn't that the million dollar question? Why? What would possess the aggressor to do that. We, we asked that question when we're watching like, you know, the first 48 or whatever other murder docudrama is on Netflix or Hulu. Like what the hell is wrong with these people? We'll apply that horrified confusion here in one line. Why would you want to hurt me? Just say it. And it's like, yeah, makes you feel kind of weird. Right. And then add to that, you know, the so frightened of your pain, simple to the point direct. And that's the key as direct as one needs to be in a situation that warrants it. And one cannot dance around it anymore. You got to get right to the point. You are terrifying me, man. You can't, you can't try and argue or, or try and find a metaphor, meet him halfway or find some sort of way to make him real. No, you guys got to tell him. This is the, this is the point in the, in the relationship or the point in the, in the struggle where it's like, it's that all that shit's over with. You just got to be real. Um, so what does it all mean? I'd rather be with an animal. I'd rather be in a relationship with an actual animal, not not like literally, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. A, a supposed lower life form with supposedly less empathy or compassion than a human being. I'd rather spend my time metaphorically with that than you. Oof. Again, a powerful stuff made even more powerful by its its conciseness, its directness. And it's hard to think of a song that's made its point as well in this way. Right. Since then, so we talk, we talk about it being the most essential song on it's the album. Pointed. It's very pointed. I, I, I almost agree with you that it's the most essential song on verses because of all those things. Yeah, even though yeah. I chose a different song, yeah. but you know, you guys can go back and listen to that episode if you want to find out what I chose. Who teaser? Yeah. Um, but yeah, learn why Jason's wrong and feed the algorithm at the same time. It's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you have that one. Time to move on to our live cut of the week. Okay, this is exciting. Live cut of Animal. Um, I've always had this one uh, particular performance in my mind, and it's not the one we're going to choose but I believe it was the first ever live performance of the song. And that was at the 1993 MTV movie awards or video music awards, whatever the fuck it was. Great, and great version. It was just blistering. And I was like, Whoa. And I remember seeing that at the time and thinking to myself, what is this? This is incredible. So I'm thinking to myself, how is Paul going to top it? 
and you have by going where? Uh, we're going to Vegas, baby. Ooh. <laughs> 1993, the Aladdin, November 30th. Uh... Now, I, I have to imagine that one of the biggest reasons here is the sound quality because there's not very many um, performances from this time frame. For some reason, 93 didn't get a lot of good audience recordings. Uh, yeah. And we get a soundboard quality here because uh, this is a vault we, release. Vault release, eventually, yeah. I mean, so I, I, had a, I had a killer soundboard version of it beforehand, but then vault release just put the nail in the coffin on it for me. So that was obviously number one. Well, obviously the performance is ter- terrific and i think the really cool little wrinkle here on, on a two and a half minute song is the he says be careful in the middle of the last chorus and how perfect of him to say that to someone in the middle of this song considering everything we just talked about yeah i love that i mean it's the two and a half minute song you, you, there's not there's not a lot to really try and pull from to find your favorite best version but it's the little things it's the sound quality it's where's Eddie's voice? Is it is Mike solo like hitting all the notes? Is Dave crushing? Yeah. And here we are. And, and on that note, to finish, if you're going to see Pearl Jam on this tour, as, as members of an audience who saw fellow audience members lose their opportunity to see them play 
due to what I would uh, argue was a, a, an error in judgment. <laughs> uh, be careful. <laughs> there you go. Good shout. Well, there you go. This one's a little bit longer, but it, you know we had to go through two shows, and yeah. um, we hope you enjoyed it. We met some some more of you this weekend, um, so, some new faces. You, Paul, you got um, quote unquote stalked, as our friend uh, put it. <laughs> no, uh, you know I, I enjoyed all the people that caught the shirt. Um, you know, funny story. I, I at the very end of uh, night two walking back to my car. This is what I'm saying. You were, you were quote unquote stalked. He no, joked, I wasn't stalked. He jokingly he, said that in his post. He jokingly said that. He, uh, he and uh, I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend or, or a relative. I'm not sure. But he, he pulled up behind and goes, hey, uh, stay to love and pod, right? I turned around and said, yeah. You know, I just flashed the shirt and uh, he's, he's a listener. He said that he, he's actually catching up on the, the back nine, right? You got to <laughs> go back through the cattle. That's what he said. I, I'm, I'm, I'm new listener, but I'm going back through. Would first of all, thank you. Yes, thank uh, you. I don't recall this fine gentleman's name. Well, his handle now. is the sexy vegan. And oh, he's, he's, I was, was going to say. I, I told him post this on on. Uh, he did. Oh, outstanding! Oh, we're talking. We're talking because Beautiful. this gentleman he has a, a really cool following on Instagram. He is a uh, a dad here in the Los Angeles area, and he does. Um, he's basically like a, like a chef or a cook at home, and creates all these really cool, interesting vegan dishes. And so I said to him, uh, we were messaging on Instagram. I said, dude, we need to do like some sort of show, some sort of video show where you teach us how to make the most Pearl Jam related meal. And he goes, I am in. So look forward to that in the the near future. Um, And oh, by the way, one more little tidbit before we go. This is the second encore that that we asked for that you're getting. Uh, A friend of mine who I've known for 12 years, I haven't seen her in a decade. She's a singer-songwriter. Her name is Anahita Sky. Check her out, her own stuff on, on Instagram. She has a new um, a new group called um, Sky and Crow, uh, S-K-I-E and Crow. Uh, she has She's a terrific singer-songwriter, and she has been a massive Pearl Jam fan. So anytime I've done anything Pearl Jam related, I'll get like a message on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, that's so cool you were there. Blah, blah, blah. How was it? And we, we saw her. We talked to her and her friend Anthony. It was, it was awesome to see them. She's going to come on the show. And do a cover of a song. I'm not going to say which just yet. Oh boy! But it's it's going to be lovely, and I'm very excited for it. Pump up her new song with her new band. Uh, anyways, are, so are, lots are, of are we stuff. moving on up right now? I don't know. Are, are we? Are where? where this is a moment where I wish I had the Jefferson's theme song. Clip theater. Maybe I'll fix it. We have listeners like, what the hell are you? What talking? is going on right now? <laughs> anyways. Big weekend. Thank all of you um, to our new followers on Twitter and Instagram and anybody who enjoyed the videos we posted, the pictures and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll see you soon. But, you know, we got, we got shows to do. So uh, we'll see you next time. And until we do next week on this particular show, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. State of-